So, Fat Man. Sleazy? Let's just shoot the shit today. Okay, we're fucking, we're phoning it in. We're phoning it in worse than RVD on pay-per-view in his run in the early 2010s for WWE. Well, shit. Well, let's talk about that on the wrestling show. Welcome everyone, this is Sleazy. This is the Fat Man. And welcome everyone to another wonderful episode. Before we begin, I gotta go and uh, introduce Ryan before he goes and gets his chicken. So, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Williams is here today. Hey, uh... And there he goes. <laughs> uh, today we have a special mind. guest. We'll introduce him when, he's, uh, when he comes in uh, and joins us. Uh, for now, we're just gonna kind of shoot the breeze a bit so we one of the biggest things that obviously came out of our draft was how interesting it is to get around when it comes to you know finding a roster putting it together and putting shows together um obviously wwe's just done that um so what are your thoughts about the current roster split in the draft and um where do you think things are going in that respect. Um, it didn't really change much, which was very interesting. Uh, obviously, people moved like, Vata! but I'm, it's weird. It's weird. I, 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 I agree. It, nothing really changed. Like, and then the people who did move, they moved the rivals over with them, so they're continuing that. So I don't know, it's weird. Like here's my question to you. And I and this is gonna sound weird, but did they do the draft only to placate the networks? Networks. I think so. And a big problem with the draft is, especially the last couple of years, is why why should I care? Why are these people moving? What is the reason? Just because there's no authority figures telling on Raw Respect to make these picks. They're not, they're not saying a network exec is making these picks. They're it's just moving them. To, damn. <laughs> it's, they're just moving them to move them. And there's no rhyme or reason just to do it. So if you give me a reason to care, it may mean a little bit better. So, but I was going to say as soon as I sat down. I hear a fat man complaining. I wonder why. Just be curious because I could tell by his tone. I was like, okay, he's, he doesn't like something, right? And up until he said that, what he had said just then, I was like, okay, I'll listen to a validory. This is an absent or uh, a part of the wrestling that we would actually have to fucking suspend disbelief. No, fuck you. They- <laughs> I'm going to say fuck you. No, 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 no. I'm going to say fuck you on this. Because there is literally no reason to care why Bianca Belair went to SmackDown. None. Why should I care? There is no reason. There is no reason. There's no rhyme or reason why she moved. So why should I care? Because Fox wanted her. Well, they didn't say that. They come out of the SmackDown room, which is Fox. They didn't say that. Nope. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're 100% wrong. (laughs) You're 100% wrong. There's no rhyme or reason as to give us, give us general managers again for each fucking brand. Let us fucking care. And then that's it. The problem they're going to run into with that is they always want or have Raw look like the A show because it has more money and blah, blah, blah. Even when SmackDown before with the ratings. <laughs> so it's hard pressed to do it that way without. Some unfairness, the raw showing again. I'll say, 
All right, we'll, we'll cut this off because our special guest has showed up. Sir, welcome. Let me give you a Sorry word. to interrupt the debate, but hello, hello. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it could go on all night. <laughs> it literally could go on all night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the NFW promoter, 2CW front rower, fellow toga wearer, Cody Jenny is here with us today. Um, so for people who are not familiar with uh, what you're doing, uh, please tell the folks at home, all our multitude of fan, what you've got going on right now. So currently I, I promote the Northern Federation of Wrestling over in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, and pending some legal things that happen, hopefully in the state of New York, depending on how the state rules on a certain bill that got introduced. Um, other than that, I've just been keeping things still pretty much a, a fan going all over the country and all over now into Canada, um, scouting talent, going to shows all over the place and still enjoying some mainstream wrestling every now and again, when I get the opportunity, keeping up with everything going on. But other than that, that's just where pretty much where I've been at and it's just promoting and getting things going down in Jersey. So um, May 21st, which was a rescheduled show, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Our second anniversary show was originally April 15th. Our an actual anniversary date was April 23rd, but just had to figure some things out logistically with the venue down at the Mecca in Ridgefield Park. So now we are on our second anniversary show will be this Sunday, April 21st, 2 p.m. and live streaming on IWTV around the world. So it's going to be a good night. I I can't wait for it, honestly. I, I've seen the card. Uh, my, my personal favorite team of the area, uh, Blog Road University. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's going to be fucking... Deadly. Um, also, been since day one, and yeah, it's been great to see how Dante and Jack have grown over the year, and now getting crowned our first champions back at Wolf Totem. Yeah, and now they're going in first title defense against CMD. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be an amazing match, and of course, your champion Akira has got some yes. really big. Uh, I I wouldn't say like. You know, his title run up to this point has been kind of weird, but this is going to be a huge, huge challenge with Brett Ryan Gosling. Well, especially now that BRG has aligned himself with the Brick City Boys and yeah. helped form Victorium. So he's trying to stack the odds in his favorite bloodline style. <laughs> and But Akira's he's a tough one to crack, but it's been interesting to just kind of see the path that Akira's gone down now that... Mm -hmm. He's kind of turned his back on everybody, and he hasn't even responded to any of my text messages reaching out to him other than <laughs> just a simple statement of, I will kill BRG. Huh. That's going to be a and that's all I've seen. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. They don't call him the motherfucking deathmatch samurai for a reason. <laughs> uh, so I, I do I do want to kind of go down our, our history. Um so, uh, Fan Man and I, two CW fans, obviously you're part of two CW history, uh, along with the Viking mm -hmm. crew and uh, the two CW fan cast and all that stuff. Uh, what do you remember those early years that we did all that stuff together? I do. And say that, well, the really early years of two CW, I wasn't there, right. I'm going to say I started coming to 2CW shows in 2012. And then <laughs> was there every show until the company closed. And then made my way down to Excite after that. And no one knows anything about it. Here we are. <laughs> what what happened with Excite? We're not going to start about that. But no. I'm not starting anything, but. <laughs> I will start things. This is how we do it here. Uh, no, it's uh, our first show was 99 Problems. Yep. <laughs> oh, what an event that was, right? Yeah, we bring it up from time to time. To what work. an event that was. 
to where the brute like to uh fight 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 the crowd that night. But okay, it was, it was a minor issue. Minor issue. Phenomenal show. Weird ending until phenomenal show until the last match and it was just like oh god, um oh yeah. So that, I wanted that, to, that tag title match was something else. Yeah, I wanted to ask you and and I haven't really talked to you since we worked a Wild Zero show together. Um, that when I found out you were running New Jersey and mm-hmm. I I know the reason why because New York's stupid. Why run New Jersey and not closer to home? Mainly because just simply the New York State Athletic Commission. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they just kind of at, at, the way things stand, it costs roughly four thousand dollars before you even book a talent or consider booking a show. That's just in <laughs> cost that the state would requires to run in the state of New York. Um <clears throat> I unfortunately am not made of money. Right. So, and with NFW being such a young company, it just wasn't financially viable to even consider running in New York at all. So we decided to just cut our losses and take our chances down in New Jersey. And so far things have been going pretty well. Um, And New Jersey, just for, for the record, does not have an athletic commission. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, as of this past week, there is a bill that got introduced into the New York State Senate to re-examine kind of how New York State looks at professional wrestling. So maybe things will change. Um, it's going to take some time, so nothing immediate right. is going to happen here. When you're introducing a bill basically telling a state, hey, you've got to relook at everything that you do. These things take time. Um, but I think I could speak on pretty much all the promoters in the state, at, at least on the, on the upstate scene, when I say I hope there's some things that do change. Maybe not a full abolishment, but hopefully some things that change that can benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, see, I, I knew the answer. And like I said, you know, you were in 2CW two, two and exciting their mm-hmm. base. Syracuse Binghamton area, and this is like, well, <clears throat> why, why run New Jersey? I knew the reason why. I just wanted to get everyone else. Well, even why. too, like for me, I live in Potsdam, New York. I live. Oh, you're up in. You're up near the Canadian I, border. Yeah. Yep. I say my my hometown's in Potsdam. Um, the nearest two CW show there was one in Potsdam, and then there was mainly I would go to the Watertown events, and mm-hmm. that's like the closest city hub for me. That's not Canadian. Um, like, I would love to run Potsdam or even run a show in Watertown. To give an area that hasn't really had any wrestling since 2CW closed um, an opportunity to experience wrestling again. It's just right now, financially, the state has made it almost impossible for newer companies to venture into the state unless they already have deep pockets. So... Again, hopefully things change, but as of now, it's just not looking likely. What are your thoughts? And, and this is kind of an interesting one because I, just how it happened. But what are your thoughts about this whole resurgence in, I, I don't want to say empty malls, but a lot of them are empty malls. Uh, the Arnott Mall with obviously the X2 now. And obviously where um, Excite really, I, I don't want to say reinvigorated, but redefined what their business model was when they went into Oakdale. What are your thoughts about these mall shows, I want to say? Honestly, I think they're great. Um, it's a good way to get, new ta- or to get new fans in that maybe don't know re- that there was wrestling in the area or haven't experienced it in my time at the X. There were a lot of fans that walked into those doors that didn't even know pro wrestling was in Johnson City and then ended up started coming to shows regularly and got hooked or young fans who never seen pro wrestling before but heard these loud bangs going on in the corner of the of the mall and 
got curious, went over and watched a match or two, and suddenly they got invested, and that's how you make new wrestling fans. And but and now with the Arnett Mall over at Horseheads, I see it, things have been going great over there for HC Loke and Excite. And I honestly, and you're starting to see now this trend start to take place down in New Jersey too, where you see uh, companies that are setting up in the middle of the mall, like just in like the court area, and free, obviously free admission for those fans, and then they just come watch the show and. Again, hopefully you make new fans out of that. So I think it's a good idea. Um, things have been, again, excitement proving that things have been going smoothly on that front. Um, UPW ventured into it as well a few times. but And I think that went well up in Rochester. Mm-hmm. But if it's a way to help save on costs a little bit and a way to get more fans watching the product, then absolutely. I'm always for ways and creative ways to get more eyes on pro wrestling. And if that's the way to do it, I'm all for it. I am too. I mean, <clears throat> if you can find a, a financial reason to keep that place open month to month, not just having one show there, but training school, birthday parties, and uh, you mm-hmm. rental, all that stuff, you start looking at that as a, a humongous pot of money there and it does help bring costs down when you want to run a show and and you and i both know this very intimately and so does ryan as well you know the the fun part is the wrestling the hard uh, is the kind of because my way running I, I the shit he deals with <laughs> like so cody just let you know ryan's from newfoundland so there's different forgive the accent. No, I'm not worries. saying I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying there's probably different well, bullshit he has to deal with. I mean, logic to us was always call the venue. How much for the venue? Thank you. And then our only other really cost outside of that, realistically, to run a show here would be get a U-Haul to move your ring and make sure you got sound and like merch and shit. Like there was no state. It's the same in New Jersey, my man. <laughs> It's the exact same in New Jersey. There's a reason why I'm down here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even too, like up in Canada, each province is different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like things that are in Newfoundland run differently than they do in Quebec and Ontario. Mm -hmm. So it's like I know at least in Quebec, you need um, insurance. Yeah, like in Ontario, you oh, at shit. least need liability insurance. So in, here... I know Quebec's a little stricter. Mm-hmm. And then you get to other places like Alberta doesn't really have anything, or <laughs> same as Newfoundland. And but and then it's just like here in, in the States, each state is different. Some states have an athletic commission. Some states have a minor version of it, and some states don't have jack shit. It's just pretty much how it is. Shit. So I'm living Phelps, and I think you know the <clears throat> infamous promotion here in Phelps. They're like insurance. What's that? And then you get some rogue to steal the line from Jim Cornette outlaw bud shows. Love that. Them. Just See, feel like. <laughs> that just feel like not doing a damn thing and saying, oh, you have rules, we don't care, and then just running shows anyway and hoping to hell they don't get sued. So... Uh, (laughs) I still to this day will defend it, but I remember doing a show, and at the end of the show, Mrs. was the manager, and she come in, and we apparently were not supposed to do it, but we did it anyways, and Buddy Buddy goes to hit the other one, she stops it. He turns around, looks at the crowd, shrugs his shoulders, kicks her right in the face of the super kick. And then <laughs> somebody, and then brilliant, brilliant. Action. <clears throat> in my defense, as always, I always said that in that show, the next couple of shows, we were going to build her up to finally fight him and beat him and get that moment and actually build it. But apparently one show, everybody was like, no. somebody went, that's abuse against women. And then they were like, you're not coming back here anymore. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> um these are the things that happen though oh god I, in my in my defense they started booking women a little bit more after that angle 
in ways that everybody's like, see, this is how you do it. And I was like, none of you were doing it until I did it the first time. Fuck you guys. Right. This is why. Trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is definitely one. Um, so kind of changing gears a little bit. We, we talk on the show a lot about the, tw- the ECW arena, the 2300 arena. Uh, more recently, there's been something that um, Cody, you and I kind of uh, way less th- me than you, um, the carousel room. Yeah, I was going to say, what well, I heard some rumblings about that through the Reddits and the fucking dirt sheets. What's time to go with that? Okay, um, we can confirm through the showboat itself mm-hmm. that the carousel room is no more as a wrestling venue. It is being converted into an entertainment room. Um, most of the renovations will actually be complete by Tournament of Survival weekend. Right. But the showboat's carousel, fa- or the famed carousel room is no more as a venue. Um, we will still be at the showboat, though. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling will now be using the terminal, which is a new event center, right off the parking garage. Um, it's a it's a much bigger venue mm-hmm. than what we had before. This is made for to hold like comic cons and shit like that, but much bigger venue. Um, concrete floors, so I'm sure the boys love that one. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's not something. But that, um, yeah, a lot of memories at the carousel room for myself. But a lot of memories for everybody. You would think the building burned to the ground this past week with all the eulogies that have been going up on Facebook and Twitter from the talent and fans. But no, we're still going to be at the showboat, still there at least, I believe, through 2023. But we're still ready to rock it here with GCW, here for Tournament Survival in two weeks. Uh, just in a little bit of a different home. Do you believe that <clears throat> um, with the new venue, do you believe that they'll be able to to draw more because of it? Or do you think that they're going to be able to... Um, or do you think that it's just going to be the same as always and um, they're just going to have to kind of pipe and drape a little bit more? I think they'll be able to draw more because of it. Um, some of the ta- or some of the problem we've ha- or they've had in the past is some of the shows sold out, like um, the the original Cardona and Nick Gage match. That match sold out, but there were fans that were turned away at the door. Um, and then Fight Club between John Moxley and Nick Gage, there were fans that were turned away at the door. Now there's more room to where we don't have to really do that um to where it'll be open more and they have that opportunity to sell more tickets i think the number i was rumored hearing was about it opens up 700 more seats a lot of that <clears throat> so <clears throat> there's there's a lot more opportunity so i'm really hoping they bring in more um gcw's been on a tear lately and I don't see that slowing down for them anytime soon. You say that we, we made reference to it on an earlier show that they're hitting Germany, Japan, all across the U S in the next six months. It's just ridiculous how big they've gotten and how expansive across the world they've gotten. And this would already be their second tour of Japan just this year. They've already gone to Japan. They've already gone to the UK. They've already gone to Mexico twice They've done Canada now, and they just keep growing and growing, and now we're entering into new territories over in Germany. So GCW has just been on a tear, and again, I don't see it slowing down, both from a local standpoint to Atlantic City or to a international stage. Okay, so what is your favorite memory <coughs> of the carnival world? Or the carousel. Oh. Excuse me. Sorry. My? There's two answers to this. Um, my in-ring moment 
our favorite moment from the carousel room would have to be being there for the second riot, which was when Cardona won the belt. <laughs> that was something else, especially working somewhat of a security detail at night. Um, I was tasked with uh, helping protect the or the hard camera because <laughs> where where just where it was positioned, it could it could have gotten bumped into by fans or anything like that. And the cameraman's obviously trying to get the best shots. And this was a sold out house, like we said, this was a turn away crowd. And nobody knew it was a very closely kept secret. Nobody knew what was going to happen except for the participants in the ring and to even including security until about one minute before Ricky Shane page hit the ring. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got told, Hey, Cardona's coming this way. You might want to be careful. <laughs> and that's when I knew what was going to happen. And then everything with 440, and then the one, two, three, and let the trash begin. <laughs> Came raining down. The bottles were flying. Full bottles of beer were flying. There's Matt Cardona standing tall with the GCW title and. It's Out so- the door he goes to where there were fans waiting for him in the hallway. And off to a security exit, I think he found, to get away back to at least the locker room area. <laughs> it's so interesting because I'm actually not a big fan of... I'm not a big fan of Nick Gage. How about that? G- GCW, not my it's type. It's a fair of- enough assessment. Like, Nick Gage's <laughs> style is not for everybody. <laughs> Like, I just that think is- he's also a piece of shit human being, too. So, uh, but, <clears throat> and I wasn't a fan of Zack Ryder, but I love Matt Cardona. And I think <clears throat> him winning that title instantly legitimized GCW. And off that to the whole races angle, like, yeah. I was going to say, honestly, the whole build up to it, the way it was done mm-hmm. was another, was a masterclass in. Yeah independent booking that really saw the resurgence of Matt Cardona, just mm-hmm. not only in GCW, but just at, as a whole. Yep. Like not a lot of people were talking about Matt Cardona until the feud with Gage. And then all of a sudden he's back at impact wrestling in a major ro- role. He's back all over the place. He got a couple shots with AEW and now he's just been tearing it up still with GCW still getting as much hate as possible. Good man. But one of the most dynamic characters that GCW has is Matt Cardona. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those people now that the fans, they just hated him because he was anti everything that GCW stood for at the beginning. But now they just love to hate him. So now GCW would be weird without Matt Cardona. It's coming. Because I feel like Cardona is doing his Cody run, his McIntyre run, his Lashley run. Oh, agreed. They right, like he's in his. I just, <clears throat> I'm not sure how much longer is left on his. There's your indie fun run because you're definitely going back to the Fed, and you're going to go back as a big star because you did the right things now, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It, any any of the major companies would be almost ridiculous for not signing him. Mm-hmm. But because again, he's just one of those top tier talents. And I just got to work with him this past Saturday at ESW. Again, just an absolutely phenomenal guy knows how to get a crowded behind him, knows how to even tell a small story in one night. But I'm pretty sure he ran an entire feud with Kevin Bennett in the span of two hours. <laughs> and it was just, again, masterclass. So Again, if you get the chance, uh, Brawl Fest for, uh, for ESW on IWTV, go ahead and check it out. Um, it's available now on demand, but just a phenomenal night overall. But that whole story that they told over the span of the night, another reason why Cardona is where he is today. 
as one of the best. Also, Kevin Bennett's super underrated. Super Agreed. Underrated. I mean, the man held every title in upstate New York at one point. Yes. Because he had he had Excite title, ESW title. Did he win the UPW title at one point too? No. Okay. The two, but he still had the Smash Championship from in Ontario. There you go. Yeah, friend of the show, Alan Taylor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, He's still Smash Champion. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, who are the guys that you are seeing coming up in the next two to three years? I, I have one name that's in the back of my mind. Is this a regional question or just in general? Regional. Uh, I, I would say let's start with regional, but across the for like or for like the New York area, um, New York, New Jersey area. Um, a lot of guys, one that I will forever throw out there because it's still weird to say still an up and comer, but it's still true. Um, with Mike Skyros is still an up and comer that's starting to really come into his own. Um. But right now, also, too, got to give credit where credit is due. ZS3 and Brute Van Slyke are running one hell of a school. Yeah, they are. And they've got a lot of good kids up there. And this new pro show that's coming up on May 27th. I'm excited to be a part of that and get to be a ring announcer for that night. And you get a lot of talent there, like Black and Yellow, um, Marcus Seal, um, and Adam Stone is power supply. Um, Jacoby Riddick's coming back into the scene in full force. Um, but as talents, just kind of um, another regional talent, more to the Jersey scene, um, Marcus Mathers, Dylan McKay, Leo Sparrow, uh, Vlogbro University. There's so many good talents coming out of that direction. Um, overall, uh, Nick Wayne mm. is this match it's been announced so we know it's coming but on July 12th I believe it's going to be a part of Dynamite Nick or Nick Wayne is going to be defending the Defy Championship against Shane Strickland and this match is going to put Nick Wayne, I think, on a worldwide scale that he deserves to be at 18 years old. You forget how um, it's going to be a phenomenal match. And I really think he's going to be one of those net. He could be one of those guys you could throw in there as one of the next Kenny Omegas. Um, another talent that I think is coming up is uh, Ninja Mac. I fucking love Ninja Mac. And I'm so excited. In two weeks, I get to see him against AAA's new star in Vikingo. And that one's going down as part of Cage of Survival for GCW. But <laughs> that's going to be... You want two of the next guys that are going to be something in the wrestling scene as a whole. <laughs> that match right there, Vikingo versus Ninja Mac, yeah. is where I honestly think the scene is going and where I think all of, it, all of wrestling is kind of leaning towards this direction. So it'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Um, we talk about him occasionally on the show. We talked about him, I think, a couple weeks ago. Tell this Canadian fat piece of shit how awesome Sean Carr is. Oh, Sean's phenomenal. Um, Sean has always been one of the good guys, in at least in the upstate New York scene. And <laughs> right now, again, working a little bit on that heel run at Excite, but do it, again, one of the top people to learn from in the state He's got a couple of young prodigies that are coming out of the um, 607 Academy too um, that I've had my eye on as potential people to even bring into NFW at, at a certain time. Um, and now he's able to also be taking on kind of a management role at Excite as well. 
So a lot of things going well for Sean Carr, but Sean is one of the most amazing dudes I've ever met in this business. All the respect in the world for Sean Carr and one of the best dudes in the ring as well. So hopefully, hopefully things come through for him soon, sooner rather than later. And hopefully things keep going well for Excite so he can keep growing. Yeah. You still drafted him too high, fat man. <laughs> so if you don't know, we did it. We did a we did a wrestling draft a couple shows ago, and I drafted him like six round. And Ryan's like, "Who the hell is Sean Carr?" Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "If you know, it's you know. It. If you know, you know." It. Um, one of the names <clears throat> surprised you didn't bring up is Nick Sullivan. Well, again, that's all based on kind of a regional thing. But Nick or Nick Sullivan's more been tearing it up in the Canadian scene. Exactly. And, and, and that's kind of weird. Dominating up there everywhere he goes. And man, Nick's again one of my closest friends in this business. But Nick's Nick's gonna be a powerhouse. Nick and he's got all the tools. Yeah. So and I'm hearing that he's getting recognized finally by some bigger names. So hopefully yeah. something comes of that. But he just keeps tearing it up all throughout the Canadian scene and the upstate New York scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited, actually, Fat Man, to see Nick or Nick Sullivan take on Sean Carr in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. oh, yeah. But it's going to be, it's going to be hell of a time. Um, but no, Nick's one of the guys to definitely keep your eye on for one of the, if you're looking for a Haas, you know, somebody who can just take, Anyone to their limit, no matter what style they are, Nick's going to be your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one last thing. I hate rehashing a lot of the... No, the old, no you the, don't. I do love this, but I do love going back to the, the history of you know wrestling and specifically 2CW and all this kind of stuff. Um, what, what brings your favorite memory to light of 2CW? What, what like sparks that like moment of joy 2CW? Oh God. There's so, so much. I, I get it, but. So many mind. memories. I don't mind. With the 2CW crew. Um, whether it be the story of watching uh, on my 18th birthday, sitting at a dive bar in Gloversville, New York, watching Terry Funk sign the, uh, write a paragraph on this girl's tit because he asked, she asked for an autograph on her titty, and it just turned into, I'm going to write a little bit, cop a little feel, write a little more, rub it a nipple. And then I got Terry Funk bought me a shot for my 18th birthday because I don't think he knew what the loss was, but nobody <laughs> cared because we were in the dive bar at 2 a.m. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's how I allegedly gave a shit about loss. That's how I allegedly did cocaine with Seven. <laughs> allegedly. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We use the allegedly with Tony Khan. In your old word, you go fuck allegedly. I did cocaine with Sabu. <laughs> in a, in a dive bathroom. <laughs> I smoked pot with Sabu. So did he. I saw my, my pot story with Sabu was just as funny because he was in my shed after he was booked to work the town upper. And that uh, he was looking to buy weed. And I was needing American money. <clears throat> three days I was leaving to go to New York, New Jersey for WrestleMania 29. So I sold him that half quarter of pot for $40 American. So I had an extra $40 American when we flew across the border. That's, oh, I've got stories about that weekend. Well, funny. That's how that we is. went. Yeah. yeah. That's how I was there. I wasn't at Mania, but I went to all the independent stuff. And Were you at Ring of Honor? I was not at Ring of Honor that weekend. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, I was. Which one? Were you at the TV taping or Supercard of Honor? No, it was that Supercard of Honor. I did not go. Oh to the God, TV Ryan, where were you sat to? I where where was I sitting? Correct. I was up. Oh God, we were in the nosebleeds. So were we? Holy, because we were in we a section. Know? 
This is before we met. This was like six months before we even met. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> we were in a section that literally every single person in that section had gotten their ticket on StubHub that day. <laughs> so we were all just starting chanting StubHub chants. Like we were singing Flow Rider for no reason, thinking, you know, they'll never bring it. Ring of Honor would never bring in a live musical guest. We were proven wrong within three hours. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and the moment it happened, we weren't paying attention to whatever the fuck that rapper was saying. We were just singing Flo Rida up in our section the whole time. <laughs> and we, Ryan, uh, we were actually sitting next to him and uh, we call him Dickface now, but um, mm-hmm. and I he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously. There was, he goes, there's no way Jay Briscoe's winning the ROH World Title. That, okay, that did not happen in the seats. We were in the lawn. Oh, we whatever, whatever. After, yeah, we were just after meeting in the lawn. We were chatting. And it was me that said it. Because 1,000%, I'm Canadian. Kevin Steen, Jay Briscoe's a tag team. There's no way Jay Briscoe's winning the Ring of Honor World Title. To every person in the room, that whole group probably went, yeah, you're right. So fuck all you do. <laughs> Yeah. Then, so now it's been a gig for the last 10 years on the show. There's if we think something super predictable, we just say there's no way Jay Briscoe's winning the ROH World Title. There's no way Selena Vega is winning. Like no the, way Jay Briscoe's yeah, like yeah. 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 So well, also super card. We also never thought we'd see Angelina Love in a ring of honor ring, but there we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back, back in the <clears throat> machine gun Carl Anderson was machine gun Carl Anderson. Funny enough, I went to sit, make this comment earlier, and now I get to come back to it. Cardona winning the GCW title would have mm-hmm. that experience I would have gotten been joyful had Hardy have won the TV title that night, being the only Mad Hardy fan with Dick Face in that building in New York and very loudly oh. and clearly being Matt Hardy fans at that time in Ring of Honor when everybody hated him, and I love Matt Hardy. Like, oh, fuck. Had Hardy won that TV title, I would have got stabbed, but I would have watched Hardy win the fucking TV title. It would have been great. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so, Famine, what is your favorite moment of 2CW? Um, well, there's two. Me, no selling a chair shot from Bully Ray. And um... Thank you for that, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, um, we talked about the shows in the mall. It was that in that auto mall where we all met um, Maria oh. and Mike Bennett, and and that was the match where Two Cold and I think it was was it Air Fox? No, it was it was Delaney and Air Fox. Two Cold was facing somebody, and at like fifty something years old, he's still freaking like. Rushing it. it had to have been with ISIS at that point, right? I think that was ISIS effects. Yeah. Yeah. He was just crushing it. And it was, I was just like, holy shit. Like he was so good. And then, you know, every, and Mickey met Mickey James, I think that night. It was just so, yep. just, uh, it was just, and even talking to, uh, too cold. That was what 2CW is about. They brought in the best independent workers in the country and they were very accessible. Like you didn't have to buy a VIP oh, ticket. You didn't have to buy a VIP ticket to see him. Like, and then another, obviously seeing Kevin Steen the whole time, and then AJ Styles hawking me into buying a shirt, even though I didn't want to buy a shirt from him, but he talked <laughs> me <work>. into it. <laughs> He's like, "Come on, man, buy a shirt." I was like, "Yeah, you know." I'm like, "I'm a big fan of yours. I just, you know, I just don't really want to buy a shirt." Like. He's like, why not? I'm like, I, don't, I just don't want to. And then he's just like, come on, man, buy a shirt. I'm like, eh, fine. He's get. Then he didn't even check my size. He just throws me a shirt, and it wasn't even my size. <laughs> he didn't care. He's just like, I just sold the shirt. I think actually, my, I think actually, my roommate. Fucking I Mark. I think actually, my roommate fucking <laughs> still wears it. I have, I have two favorite moments. Obviously. The the one moment is like three moments in one, because it they all had four moments. It might have actually it might have been four moments because mm-hmm. they all happened that same show. Meeting Kevin Steen for the first time, and talking to him, and just that was the first time I had ever met him. It was great. That was also the same night 
the Bucks were both. And Matt Jackson, oh. Matt Jackson is the reason why I went back to training because he and I talked about Fat Man's Neck and what happened in UW and all that shit and how I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this. You know? He actually talked me back into. Yeah, Sleazy was afraid okay. that he was going to get hurt based yeah. off my injury. Right. <laughs> so that happened. Um, they sh- they sent me over to Dick Justice, which, by the way, I love Dick. I love Dick. Who doesn't love Dick? I love Dick, especially on this show. Um, but Dick taught me, told me about UPW, and got me over uh, with Mark and Colin at the time. So that was another bit, and then that same show was some little girl came up to me and thought I was a worker. <laughs> And I took a picture with her. So somewhere, someplace, there is somebody who thought they took a picture with some famous wrestler, which 10 years later plus. So and, uh, yeah, it was November. What was that? It was November 2013 or 12? Oh, because it was before. 12. It was like three weeks after we started the wrestling show. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was 2013, but okay. That was the year later that we did something else there. My mind. I mean, we we went. To, we didn't go as many two CW shows as Cody, but we went to a fair share. Of you. Yeah. Well, we 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 did a few of them. Obviously, the- oh yeah, yeah, we oh, did a few. I know Sleazy didn't go to one show, and I took my buddy Ross. Mm-hmm. That was his first two CW show, and then he was like, "Oh man, I can't wait to go back." Never went again. <laughs> well, they they closed down not that much longer. Well, also he. He's not a huge fan either. So. Well, it, it, girlfriend issues. Like his he was if his girlfriend didn't want to do anything, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. So um one last thing. No, you you and I very close, excite. Um what is your favorite excite memory? memory from wrestling I don't mind um, there was good um there was a time on commentary where me uh Mike rounds were just sitting there playing the excite wrestling game during commentary you can still hear it if you go back and watch what I think it was on 2019. We're just cracking kids whenever something always happens and excite happens here. The kids crack in the back. Oh. So it's like, oh, oh, it's time for the battle royal. Crack. <laughs> but one. Uh, also getting to watch the iconic. Um, Gif of moves like a madman to two cold Scorpios. Getting to witness that in person was hilarious. Oh my goodness, that was so great. Um, obviously, you know, you've been on commentary a lot throughout the years. There, um, obviously, I did a lot of weird shit over the years there too. Um, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, Come on. The number one should be your ass in MJF's face. Oh, yeah. 100% it is. Like, they're, they're, I was going to say, you shoved your ass in the current AEW champion's face. And I never made <clears throat> you forget it. And just like I never made Slizzy forget that I was on a pay per view and I didn't work for the company and he did. So, ha. Uh, that, that I worked the show that I worked the impact um excite show. I was actually mm-hmm. on camera for that show and I never worked with excite and sleazy. No, okay, so the story is you know, you uh Brian and April always used to tailgate, right? In Binghamton yep. at the at the Legion Post. So I thought you guys were tailgating. Oh, yes. I thought you guys were gonna tailgate. So I get there early. Don't see any of you. I'm like, what the hell? So I go across the street, buy beer, 
Eddie Edwards is like, Hey, you look familiar. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, the guy with the Boston thing. And he's like, Oh yeah. And then Moose walks up to me, gives me a look and goes, iPhone. <laughs> Cause we went to the Syracuse mall and one of the shows and he was obsessed with getting the new iPhone. So every time I ended up running to yep. a, couple, a couple times of them, like <clears throat> ran to assist. And he's always like iPhone. So that's a bit, but I, been on this show too. Yeah, Josh Matthews saw me and my my buddy were drinking in the parking lot, and he's all like, "Man, it's cool. You 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 guys want to be on camera?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." And then somebody from the fucking Legion Post came out and was all like, "Oh, you can't drink in the parking lot." I'm like, "What do you mean you can't drink in the parking lot? I drink here all the time." He's all like, <laughs> oh, "Yo, you." Oh yeah. It's like you can't drink on the premises. We don't have a liquor license. I'm like, "You serve liquor inside." I am not off your premises. Therefore, I can fucking drink. So I got a huge fight with them. So on the fucking show, it's me and my buddy clinking Gatorade bottles together, looking like dumbasses. Because plus there was a guy at the Legion post standing right behind the camera, making sure we weren't fucking drinking. So it made us look so dumb. But I still say that I worked. I was on camera on a pay-per-view and Sleazy wasn't. So. That's my favorite same moment. Oh, good. Hurts me. Hurts me inside, but I got I got my and then I message you guys and you're like, we're working catering. I was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, all I did was sit and catering. Yeah, we were okay, downstairs. Eric. Okay, Bischoff, calm down. Hey, I got to listen to uh you got to listen to Jimmy Jacobs being high on cocaine. Great. Holy shit. That Oh my god. They never should have let him come out for that promo. No. Never. He went off for like a half no. hour just saying nonsense. It's like, what are you doing? Why is he out here? He had no control over it. Thank <laughs> God this is taped. That was that was Sanjay's call. That was not that was not oh, so, oh that's right, because Impact had they had creative create, control over that show. Yeah, but yeah. There's a reason why most of our roster wasn't on the show. I still think they missed an opportunity of doing Eddie Edwards Sean Carr, but that's okay. That was fun in when it happened. Yeah, the entire the entire show was weird. But and then homicide tried to kill everyone. It was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tim still talking because he he trying to go up the light the light stanchion and the thing was shaking like a motherfucker. Everyone's like, "You gotta get down." That wasn't working. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 that was a great moment. We didn't actually talk about Sid. Mm. That was another amazing moment. I love so, it. So stupid. So the funny thing was, I was supposed to go to that show. I think I, I took like the night off from work. I was going to work the morning, go down, only because Sid's one of my like, Guilty pleasures in wrestling. He's so bad, but I but for some reason I like him. Just watching him wrestle is like hilarious to me. So I'm like, I want to meet Sid. And then I'm about ready to leave work. Sleazy messaged me, goes, Don't come. And I'm like, why is the show canceled? Sid no showed. I'm like, already, dude. I'm like, I'm not even, I'm just leaving work in Rochester. And he goes, No, no, he he he's not coming. Already. Yeah, already not coming. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I remember. So he's got a softball tournament to get. To. Of course he does. <laughs> so Moose comes up to to Pat Sawyer and goes, "So, uh, so Sid ain't coming, but I got an idea, and he wants him to get this ridiculous wig." And jean shorts, and he turns to me and goes, well, "You're going to be Sleazy Jones and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Sure, why the fuck not? I don't care. I love doing shit, stupid shit like this." We do the whole bit. It goes pretty decently viral, considering what what it was. Like a bunch of news outlets, wrestling news outlets, ca- caught it and sent it around. So I guess technically that was one of my famous moments in the next 
being not in my character and doing something stupid and making a Kavanaugh joke, I think it was. And then uh, the another two, Kavanaugh joke. Another two CW moment is where Sleazy tried to kill me on the way back from two CW show. Oh, in the fucking blizzard of in the blizzard twenty thirteen or whatever it was. Jesus Christ. Oh god, that blizzard was a nightmare. But yeah, we I think we left the show at like nine. We didn't get home to like three. Yeah, Kevin never made it home. He he spent overnight halfway up. Yeah. And, and Cody, did you who did you drive with at that point? Did you stay there or I rode down with uh, Dewey? Mm. It was me, Dewey, and the Vikings, and we were I in what normally is only an hour and a half drive from us to Syracuse. I think it took us five hours. Yeah. We were going 30 the whole way. That was rough. I remember that. And Sleazy's one, his I think his windshield wiper broke. And then two, it froze. It it wouldn't matter anyway because it froze. And then three, he's like, I can't see. And I'm like, we're dead. We're dead. We're still here. In a fucking Mercury that was barely running at the time anyway. So I'm like, we're dead. Good times. We're dead. I'm so shocked we didn't get, like, I knew we were going to make it, but I'm actually shocked we didn't get off the road. Me too. (laughs) And I was driving. I know. And you can't see. So it doesn't. And that that didn't help matters either. Not not that it was like he couldn't see because it's a blizzard. He legit can't see. So <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're all wearing glasses on this show. I want to point out. Yes. And none of us can see. Yep. So, yeah. uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's once again, circle back uh, on Sunday, May 21st, NFW comes back to Ridgefield park at the Mecca um, doors open at one fifteen. Mm-hmm. bells at two uh, front row is 20 bucks. Are they still available? Yep. Okay, general mission fifteen. Limited supply. Um, once again, once again, great uh, card to to check out. Uh, Cody, thank you for being on the show. Um, so uh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, can you yeah, just dude. put over your social media handles and all that fun stuff for us? Yep. Um, I. Um, just be sure to head on over to follow everything for FW at NFW2021. That's the same handle on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you'll be able to keep up with everything going on with NFW. And then, personally, I don't really have any personal Twitters or things, so just be sure to follow us over at NFW. Keep us rocking over there. Excellent. Ryan, put yourself over. Ryan Buckatch, come find me on Twitter because some of you guys are actually entertaining sometimes. Is that it's actually what gave us the idea for booking the second world title episode coming up? Spoiler. Mm, gotcha. Yep. Um, I'm at TWS Sleazy. TWS Fat Man. And we are Sleazy Fat Man on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please go on over there and give us a like. Videos you can find at twitch.tv slash sleazyfatman, youtube.com slash sleazyfatman, and premium videos at onlyfans.com slash the wrestling show. You can find all sorts of content at the wrestling show.com, including articles, merch, other cool stuff out there. You can get this podcast every Saturday morning wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasts. Don't hesitate to rate us on your favorite platform. It really does help us out. And as always, make sure that you click automatic downloads on that because that also helps us out. So with thanks once again to Cody, thanks to Ryan, and as always for Sleazy. For the fat man. This is the wrestling show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck Tony Khan. A hot dog's on a sandwich. A sub's on a sandwich. A burger is a sandwich. And next week we have the revenge of the multiverse of previews. The reckoning? Stick around for that. I'm a clip in your gun